Well, hi there, and welcome to Conversations with Father Greg. I'd like to begin by saying Happy Canada Day to our Canadian listeners, and Happy Fourth of July to our American neighbors. In a week when words like freedom and liberty abound, today we hear the Apostle Paul write about being a slave. It invites us to consider where we spend our free time. What kind of things do we invest ourselves in? Before we get to the homily, Let's listen to an excerpt from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. Paul writes, Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, So now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you now are ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The Word of the Lord. Dear God, may all your truth be spoken and only your truth be heard. Amen. You know, I have always been fascinated by people's hobbies. Not just by the diversity of hobbies, but also the depths to which people explore those things that they're passionate about. Ornithology, the study of birds. Astronomy, the study of the stars. One colleague did a PhD in entomology just because he was fascinated by monarch butterflies and their migratory patterns. My younger brother has turned his passion for local history into a career that helps educate kids and entertain thousands. When people are passionate about a hobby, they can invest years of their lives and thousands of dollars into deepening their expertise in the field. A hobbyist who has spent years focusing on a subject can often talk for hours on the subject, and even longer if they find someone who's equally interested in their hobby. One of my hobbies is photography. I enjoy looking at pictures that other people have taken, but I also enjoy taking pictures with my own camera. 
Over the years, I've spent a fair bit of time learning the technical aspects of photography, and I've also taken a few courses to help me along the way. Now, I still have lots of room to grow, but over time I'd like to think that I've become a better photographer. I'd like to think that I'm able to get consistently better results now than I was 5 or 10 years ago. Part of that is due to better equipment, but a big part of that is due to simply spending time with a camera in my hand, taking pictures and learning from my mistakes, of which there have been several. Like many things, the best way to improve a skill is through practice. All of this came to mind as I read today's reading from Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome. But before we get to Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome, I'd like us to consider one of Paul's other writings for a little bit. Paul once wrote to the Christians in Philippi that if they wanted to grow in their faith, they ought to spend time concentrating on the things of God. Paul told his readers to invest their time and energy in those things that are true, honorable, just, pure, and whatever is pleasing and commendable. He told them to think about those kinds of things that inspire excellence and are worthy of praise. In other words, deepening one's faith takes practice. In one sense, Focusing your attention on these kinds of behaviors speaks to the kind of person that you already are. But that's just the beginning. It can mean so much more. It's like the old saying, practice makes perfect, or you are what you eat. Just like the only way to become a better photographer or musician or athlete is through practicing those skills, Paul knew that if a person wanted to deepen their faith and to get closer to God, they needed to spend time pursuing the things of God. In his letter to the Romans, Paul spends a lot of time talking about the choice between obedience to sin or obedience to righteousness. Essentially, he's asking the Christians in Rome to pay attention to the kinds of things that influence their behavior. When we compare Paul's two letters, we see that Paul is using slightly different language, but he is telling his readers essentially the same thing. He's telling his readers to pay attention to their behavior because their behavior speaks about who they are and what direction they are choosing to pursue. On one hand, we can focus on the things that hurt our relationship with God and tear down other people. Alternatively, we can choose a lifestyle that helps us and others grow closer to God. The choice of words is different from what he wrote to the Philippians, but there is a common thread about how we spend our energy and what kind of people we want to become. I'd like to take a moment to clarify something that I think is important. Paul is not arguing that our good behavior justifies us before God. In fact, Paul is pretty clear that it's God's grace expressed through Christ's sacrifice that liberates us to stand before God. Our behavior is not what makes God love us. Our behavior doesn't make God love us anymore, and our bad behavior does not push God away. God loved us long before we were ever born long before we had either good behavior or bad. Although God's love for us is not based on our performance, Paul also talks about something he calls sanctification. 
At its core, sanctification acknowledges that none of us are perfect, but that we are partnering with God in an effort to get better. Each of us is a work in progress, hopefully getting a little bit better every day. As people of faith, our behavior is a reflection of God's transformative work in our lives. God wants us to grow up to be better and better people. This is why Paul encouraged his readers towards certain kinds of positive behavior and away from other kinds of behavior that are harmful. It's God's desire for us that we put aside behavior that hurts either ourselves or other people. Now, those of you who are parents might have a special insight into this. If you have kids, you probably know that you love them, whether they behave well or not. But you also know that some behavior will get your kids in trouble and might even get either them or somebody else hurt. Good parents love their kids even when their kids act out poorly. Good parents also encourage their kids towards helpful, healthy behavior that will have a positive impact on their lives and on the lives of those around them. This is what we see God saying through Paul's letters to both the Philippians and to the Christians in Rome. In his letter to the Romans, Paul encouraged his readers to choose a life of righteousness over a life of sin. At the core, Paul's words encourage us to put aside harmful, destructive behavior and take up the kind of lifestyle that will encourage life and growth in our own lives and in the lives of other people. Let's pray. Welcoming God, make us apostles of your generous love so that we might offer hospitality that changes the world with your gift of eternal life, made known in Jesus Christ, who offered himself for us. Amen.